Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm good. I've got my head in a box. It is a Tuesday we were recording this, uh, and I'm hoping that my week is going to get just that little bit more exciting. (laughs) Adventure and excitement every turn, except it's not when you're indoors. (laughs) How are you keeping no, busy? Really... Um, how am I keeping busy? I drank a lot of gin on the <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights, uh, Chris. Uh, I've uh, completely depleted my reserves of uh, cans of Fanta. Uh, so that's kind of how my Friday and Saturday went, even though I made a, a solemn, uh, not promise, uh, that, that I wouldn't drink at home because I found it quite boring. Uh, but uh, yes, I managed to watch a film about a man who was accused of uh, bombing the Atlanta Olympic celebrations uh, last night. And uh, that's about it, uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, I, I tried to play a few old Japanese video games on a Dreamcast emulator. That went badly because all video games in the past were really hard, and I'm rubbish at video games. Uh, and I merely finished the DLC in the video game control. So, thumbs up all round. Oh, yes, Final Fantasy um, Seven, <laughs> the uh. remake. You know, they've remade that one from uh, the game that came out in the 90s that everyone got very excited about because it was full of full motion video and stuff like that. Well, they've made a uh, remake of it. And I mean, busting through that, uh, GRPG fans. And uh, they've done a lovely job on it. Uh, The the, the, the way that it seamlessly blends between full motion video and the actual action itself is incredible. Obviously, full motion video was something that was very big in the original, uh, but obviously... Technically, uh, it wasn't quite as good. This game looks stunning, and I can never tell what's been pre-recorded, what's actually in the game itself. It's uh, uh, ten thumbs up, ten thumbs up from me. You know what? I have never it's, Final Fantasy is like the one series, the one game series I've never ever like seen or come near or come close yeah. to. I don't know why that is. Well, well it's the, it's the only game. Final Fantasy VII was the only Final Fantasy I'd ever played back in the day. So. When I got the opportunity to play the new one, I thought, "Oh my god, I can actually—I actually kind of remember a little bit of this." Uh, not is it that an RPG? much, to be quite frank. It is an RPG, but obviously uh, this time around, people are the turn-based strategy stuff a little bit. Uh, turn-based battling um, is a little bit tedious for people, so you, so they've um, switched. If you want to go to uh, like live battle, like Dark Souls. What I it's find good. funny is. 
in, I think it was last week or the week before, one of the things we discussed is how we don't drink at home because we don't like it. Seems yeah. only took another week for you to break yeah. that, to break that rule and become a very new person, destroy everything I'm you believed so in. I'm so lonely. <laughs> that is quite, well, a, I don't know if it's, you've painted a picture that's either quite optimistic and great, you know, sitting at home, keeping busy, playing games, having fun, or a bit bleak, you know, sitting in the corner, drinking yeah. some gin, Final Fantasy in, in hand. I don't yes, know I, how I, to interpret it, really. Is it, yeah, it's not is too it not bad. bad. I mean, well, I've, uh, I've become an excellent, uh, I've not become an excellent cook, uh, <laughs> but I have been going to the Japanese supermarket and buying a lot of ingredients I don't understand yeah. and then just throwing them in a pan. And uh, kind of influenced by the wrestler Asuka's uh, uh, Kana-chan's um, uh, YouTube page where she just sits in her backyard that looks like a, a government compound and just um, cooks um, delicious meals. So right. I could do that. I can stick stuff in a pot. So you're becoming a world-class chef in your time indoors. Exactly. I'm, 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 I'm learning skills, Learned, learning them skills. I would be lying if I said I was in – if I was uh... – Becoming a better chef. Do you know what I'm having for dinner tonight? Can you guess? Can you guess what I'm having for dinner? Um, birthday Sorry cake. After this. Not birthday cake. Uh, although I am 30 in like a day. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, but <laughs> I'm having cheese and crackers. That is literally my dinner. Cheese and crackers. Is I it found... the kind of crackers and cheese that you'd buy at 7-Eleven? Because you've got to be careful. No. I once bought what I thought was brie, bit into it, butter. Not good. Oh no! Um, I, I've, I've after being here seven years, I've finally been able to acquire some good cheese. I don't make uh, the mistake of eating butter that looks like brie. I managed to find yeah. some uh, British cheddar, some Red Leicester in a shop. It costs like twenty dollars, twenty pounds for like the smallest slice. Like it's a mount, it's a bite-sized piece of cheese. But that is <laughs> that is my treat to myself. That is my exotic uh, special dinner, and it's going to be served on half a dozen Ritz cracker biscuits, and uh, yeah, that's, that's my dinner. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is bleak because it's really expensive, and you don't <laughs> yeah. get much, and also British cheese is the worst cheese, so uh, whoa, what whoa, are you whoa, doing whoa. with your life? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> sort it out, Donaldson. Sort it out. Well, let's be fair, <laughs> brie in the UK isn't good. Anyone that says Somerset brie is good, oh, show me a good brand, because yeah. I've yet to find one. Anyway... Yeah, everyone just sort of turns into Dr. Dre, that gin and cheese he's always uh, talking about in his songs. <laughs> Dr. Dre's gin and cheese. Mm. It's pretty, yeah, that's never a good thing, is it? But <laughs> there you go. Let's, 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 let's deal with that. But no, it is my 30th <laughs> birthday this week. And do you know mm. what I've got for my birthday? I've got my car. car. Still haven't got it, though. Still haven't got oh, it, ladies and gentlemen. Have the police not come round and uh, measured your little parking space? Well, that's the thing, right? Last week I said the police come round, measure your car parking space. You have to prove that you've got a car parking space to get a car. But yeah. I don't know if they've been or not. I did see a police car lurking out the front of my apartment earlier today. Right. But I didn't see any policemen measuring anything. So whether they've come or not remains to be seen. I don't actually know. <laughs> How do you get an alert? Weird. Do you get an alert on your phone saying, we've been or something? I can't figure no. it out. They, they, they basically contact the car dealer. And then right. the car dealer will ring you up in a few days and be like, yeah, police have checked that you've got a car park, car parking <laughs> space. Come and get your bloody car. So surreal. So surreal. <laughs> Love it. But it's nearly within my grasp. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other bit of news this week, Riotro surprised me by announcing that he's launching his own YouTube channel. His what? Own YouTube channel. Outrageous. Traitor. Jesus. I know, What's right? What's he like? What's he all about? 
It's the second Abroad in Japan betrayal since you started <laughs> your own YouTube channel as well. Um, so, did I really? Or did, I've done two videos in two years. Betrayal. It's hardly a YouTube channel, is it, Chris? <laughs> Judas Iscariot himself. No, <laughs> I, uh, I don't mind. I, I actually encouraged him to do it for years because I thought... You know, we only make videos when we're together and often we're not together. And he has a lot of free time. And I don't know what he's going to do with the channel. Um, He isn't very good with cameras. He's not very good at editing. (laughs) He's all right presenting. And he does have a lot of like language knowledge. So I think he's going to teach Japanese, which I think could be quite good. Um, And maybe I'll jump in every now and then and have a cameo. But Hmm. could be the next step in your Japanese language learning, Pete. Ryotro. Nice. Yeah. I'd like to to call it. He wanted he to wants... call it abroad in Japanese. <laughs> well, he's not. He can't have that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless look, franchise exactly. the name. Starbucks is Starbucks for a reason, Chris. Franchise the hell out of it. But exactly. uh, yeah, you're going to need some of that sweet, sweet green. Cheeky devil. But no, I said don't do that. Not only does it sound stupid, abroad in Japanese. He was like, oh, it's clever because it sounds like your brand. I was like, that's not how things work. <laughs> You'll be hearing people. you'll be hearing from my lawyer that sounds very much like an intellectual property lawyer. <laughs> Definitely, and my lawyer is Natsuki because that's all I can afford. So yeah. <laughs> Natsuki Uh-oh. will be having a stern word. Um, but no, I did get him to change his mind. And can you guess what he's called it now? At my insistence. Oh, what would he have called? I don't know. Um, Riotter uh, on the Whoa. road. Oh, close. Ryotaro's Japan. Nice, like it. Got a lot of time for that. Definitely. Pretty original, (laughs) pretty simple. Pretty boring, by all accounts. He could have called it Risotero's Life or Life in Risotero or something (laughs) with Risotero in it. I think we would have all appreciated (laughs) that. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, that's going to come out soon, this week, I think. Um, Oh, lovely. I'll I'll keep an Uh, eye out. I, I'm, I mean, it's kind of a bit scary. What if he, you know, what if he gets millions of subscribers, overtakes abroad in Japan, and no longer needs me anymore? What would I do then? What would I become? Uh, I'd probably have to just, you know, drive drive around in your little car, being a little Deliveroo driver or something. I don't know. Taxi driver. Perfect. Deliveroo. <laughs> I don't think Deliveroo's come to Japan. They, the whole no. like bringing food to your door hasn't really kicked off here, to be honest. Right. Um, although, because of the coronavirus situation, it seems Japan has become, uh, it's it started doing a lot more online shopping. People have done a lot more online shopping because that's been right. like quite slow to take off here in the same way digital music downloads haven't really happened. You know, mm. uh, Japan's obviously been late to that. It's quite well known that uh, a lot of people still just buy CDs in Japan. Japan's one of the final remaining markets in the world where people still buy physical copies of albums and things right. so uh, they've also been slow to adopt online shopping so with the coronavirus apparently that's changed now a lot of people are actually started to go online and do a lot more online shopping so it could oh, be an interesting, interesting economical thing there yeah there you go I've, um, I've, have you ever been on uh, like big cameras website it is very con- confusing for anything it <laughs> it's is, yeah. even even for japanese people surely it's confusing <laughs> well i mean Japanese websites are famous for being absolutely terrible, Tosh. really difficult to use, a mm. real challenge to use. I hate them, and I don't know. Mm. I think the main reason is um, because a lot of these companies are run by like elderly gentlemen who don't yeah. understand computers or internet or anything like that. The sort of people that still use the very fax machine we use for our uh, podcast inbox. They <laughs> haven't been good to adopt like decent websites, right? So, uh, yeah. 
They're awful. Even these big companies like Bit Camera, like Yodabashi Camera, their websites are just a challenge to you. <laughs> Uphill yeah, struggle. If you, yeah. if you ever try and uh, book a flight with a Japanese uh, carrier, um, apart from a couple mm. of notable uh, low cost exceptions, there it's so weird, like badly done. I, know, I mean, right? British Airways can be pretty poor at times because um, it's clearly a very old website with a front end that looks quite sparkly, uh, and they've not mm. really kind of like married up the two properly. So it's a little, it looks a bit wonky at times. But yeah, it's uh, interesting, very interesting using well, yeah, the website. The uh, it's funny you should bring that up. The British Airways website. Whenever I book a flight, it looks really nice. It's kind of easy to use, but then it crashes or something goes wrong. Like one yeah. in three times that I use it. Whereas A and A looks yeah. atrocious. It's difficult to use, but it's reliable. But it like my old Toyota Starlet, <laughs> it never breaks down. It just gets the job done, even if it looks like crap and it doesn't have working air conditioning. So mm. Japanese I found, style. I found a. Uh, I was I was looking online to see if I could uh, pick up one, but uh, Jeff United is a Chiba based. Um... A football team they're called the in right. the dogs uh and there's this and this uh and this shirt they released in um 2016 is a little kind of like commemorative 25 year kind of job um along with tokyo verdi who uh have a different yeah. design but uh, basically jeff united's design is is it's a normal um kit with like it looks like it's got scratches down the front and behind the scratches is like <laughs> dog's fur uh, like oh an Akita God. dog. And then if you lift up, you know, like when uh, Ravinelli in the 90s, you probably don't remember, but you know when footballers, when they score, they put their shirt over their heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, Burger King uh, released a shirt, or rather some uh, <laughs> crappy team did a shirt. I can't remember even who it was. Uh, but when you put your, your the shirt over your head, the Burger King face is on the underside of the shirt. So it looks like you're the Burger King. Um, but the Akita obsessed Jeff United uh, in Chiba, they've uh, they've created they created back in 2016 a uh, a dog one. So it's just a picture of an Akita dog. Um, so when you when you score and you put the pull a shirt over your head, um, you're a dog. <laughs> and I really want that shirt, but I imagine it's bloody expensive. That is brilliant. I'm more confused by the fact it's called Jeff United. Do you mean like I, I'm picturing my friend Jeff every time you say yeah. Jeff United? Is I, it, I how's it spelt? It's spelled J-E-F. I forget what it actually stands for. Uh, but they're based in Chiba, but this, it's, it was probably an old works team. Uh, uh, at one point, uh, the J League or the government said that you couldn't wholly own a football team as like you know Hitachi couldn't own one, Toyota couldn't own one, um, and, and stuff like that. So they so they had, they had to go and part ownership. So that's why they've right. all got weird names and they're all sponsored by Nippon Ham and stuff like that. What a sponsor to have. What Japanese a sponsor. Ham. Or a dog. Brilliant. Lovely. Brilliant. Well, we've got a few interesting stories this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, understand, I mean, all of these stories revolve around the coronavirus in some way. I know we've uh, we've tried to avoid the topic in general, but yeah. most of these stories are kind of interesting. The first one involves violence. Um, oh. It's important to point out, in the last few weeks, the Japanese government obviously had a kind of emergency shutdown in major cities, and apparently most people in uh, Tokyo are actually obeying it. I've seen a lot of photos of various hotspots like Shibuya Crossing and Yokohama that look kind of eerily empty at the moment. Um, so that's good that people are actually listening to the government, even though the Japanese government doesn't really have any... Uh, it doesn't. It, you can't punish people in Japan for not obeying this rule. The Japanese government has no like authority, like we mm. do in the UK. Right. Um, but people have been taking matters into their own hands. Uh, a Japanese boss punched an employee in the face who came to work <laughs> after being told to stay home 
for having the potentially having the coronavirus. There was this. Wow. Uh, interestingly, the story is in Yamagata Prefecture, my spiritual Japanese home, and one of your favourite places, Pete. <laughs> Basically, I love that this twenty-something employee of a construction company in Yamagata. Uh, Decided to go on go for a little trip to Sendai, which is about two and a half hours away. Yeah, uh, obviously where I am. And so the manager told him, "All right, don't come into work. There's a good chance you might have coronavirus. We can't risk it. Stay at home. Don't come in." And for whatever reason, the employee was like, "No, I do what I want. I've been to Sendai on <laughs> my holiday. I'm coming to work." So he came into work, and uh, the manager, who's forty six year old, forty six years old, decided what better way to treat my lesson uh, by punching him in the face and striking him in the head. I also realised I just said, treat him a lesson. <laughs> treat, treat him, him a, lesson. a lesson. It's my new favourite <laughs> phrase. Teach him a lesson <laughs> by the miracle it, of violence. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a trick you can only pull once, really, when it comes to um, employee discipline. But uh, it was, he clearly felt very strongly about the situation. <laughs> I'm coming to I work. Guess... No, you're not. Yes, I am. Smack. Well, the thing is, in in Japan, in this sort of situation, it's quite rare for an employee of a company to ignore their boss, right? You just don't do it. Right. Um, the hierarchical structure in Japan does reign supreme. So when an employee like that disobeys a manager, it's really hugely disrespectful, plus the <laughs> obvious risk of infecting people with coronavirus. So mm. I guess you read that and think, well, kind of sympathetic, but not. I don't think that was the best course <laughs> of action. He did get put under arrest for that, so... <laughs> probably isn't going to turn out too well for him. But no. uh, let I, that be I like, a lesson. I like that the news story said that, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't think it was you. I think it was the actual piece said, high impact disciplinary style. <laughs> Very yes, enjoyable. <laughs> so it was a high impact on his face. <laughs> Put that on your performance you report. Wow. If you're, if you're in Japan right now and your manager tells you not to come in, Heed that warning. Otherwise, mm. yeah, that could happen. Speaking, probably speaking, won't. But. No, probably not. Speaking of, uh, maybe give Riotto a one for uh, setting up his own oh, YouTube channel. <laughs> um, did you see? <laughs> did you see, Chris, that um, uh, Narita Airport has just got a load of people having a snooze on some cardboard beds? What's that about? Yeah, I, I don't know the internet. Basically, I think people arriving in Japan, and there's still flights coming into Japan at the moment, albeit not yeah. that many at all. Right. Um, and when you arrive at Narita Airport, you basically uh, have to have a coronavirus test. And right. then while you're waiting for the results, you have to stay overnight at what's been dubbed the Cardboard Box Hotel. Um, <laughs> it looks kind of, it looks surreal, you know, having passed through Narita Airport uh, dozens and dozens of times to see it been converted into this Cardboard Box Hotel, like, Mm. Google it when you listen to this. Google it uh, because the photos are incredible. The whole kind of main hallway at Narita Airport is just filled with dozens of cardboard boxes, obviously with appropriate spacing in between. Um, and it just looks, I don't know, it looks a bit eerie. Um, but I, like, people... I like the fact that it's got like a little, um, it's got, you get like your own little, um, uh, little mattress, and you get like mm. a, a, a so you get all the amenities that you'd expect from like a capsule hotel, but everything's just kind of separated using like sort of cardboard partitions. Fascinating. It's pretty well kitted out. Organized. Yeah. yeah, very, very well kitted out. I mean, those that are negative are asked to just self quarantine for 14 days, leave the airport, uh, and just sort of just quarantine the room somewhere but uh yeah for those that are positive i presume it's cardboard boxes 
cardboard boxes for all. But yeah, really surreal situation, but probably a good course of action, to be honest, uh, because obviously a lot of cases are people coming in from overseas. Um, mm. That's not the only story, though. The, uh, the, the Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, has decided it's a good idea to send two face masks to every household in Japan by Japan Post starting this week. Can you believe that? Face masks for everyone. <laughs> Must be costly. Well, uh, would it be? Because I mean, it's just cloth, isn't it? <laughs> well, 60 million households in Japan. It's quite a fair few. And they do estimate yeah. it's going to cost about 46 billion yen. And I, the only the best way to, to work out quickly what yen is to dollars, the best way is to just divide by 100. Although mm. because of the crisis, the currencies are all over the place at the moment. So we're talking like, you know, four hundred million dollars, five hundred million dollars for that. But don't know. And this jury's still out on face masks, whether they're effective or not. Still, I'll take my two face masks. I'll yeah. have them. Give me some free face broad. masks. <laughs> Tax dollars put to good use. Tax yeah, yen put right. to good use. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a there's a lot of people there that aren't sure if it's worth it or not. But actually it's really hard to get masks at the moment. Uh, mm. I was a little bit savvy. I did snap up about a hundred masks, like a big, huge box of masks, right, right at the start of the crisis. Back after we left our little Sapporo trip, I uh, came back and I did buy some masks, but I haven't really used them because I haven't really been going out that much at the moment. So I've got a stockpile mm. just waiting, and I'll soon be adding another two face masks to that stockpile. Well, I, I um, had um, but- I had one that I I bought a pack of five, I think, in Japan when I was uh, going. Mm to see you guys um and then i think i used one of them just and then i just thought this is because it was at the point in the crisis where it didn't seem that important and the japanese generally wear masks for every reason anyway um so i didn't really bother so but i found one in my case when i was on my second holiday (laughs) of the year um and so was able to uh to 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 wear that one on the way back so (laughs) (laughs) brilliant I mean, I now you could probably sell it for a premium on the streets know, of London. Right? I know. Get out there. Sell your five masks for staggering sums of money. I mean, I think we still don't really, we still haven't really wrapped our head around the whole mask culture in the UK, even mm. given the situation, right? People don't wear them, do they? No, they really, really don't. They, they're, they're, it's just not a thing that people do. I mean, it, at best, if the only mask that you see people sort of wear here, they're not the surgical ones because obviously those are prioritised for um, medical yeah, use. Um, you, they're, they're mainly ones that you got free with some um, uh, insecticide or something like that. That's the only mask I've got in my house is uh, one I got free with some uh, moth killers. <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty grim. I think it's just... The whole image, right? I mean, I've, I'll, I'll put my hands up and say that I've never worn a mask in Japan except one time recently, uh, just while I was out and about in Sendai, I wore one as a precaution. But I just find it weird. I just, I've never really liked them in the seven years I've been here. And I've actually very rarely been sick while I've been in Japan. I've never mm. really had much, I've never really been sick. Maybe because people wear masks here. I don't know. Yes. Uh, so maybe I should, but something about it just creeps me out a little bit. I remember when I was a teacher, uh, a lot of my students would wear them, right? You'd come in, especially in winter, you'd come into school, uh, you'd come into the classroom, and in a classroom of about 40 students, there'd be, you know, like 10 of them wearing masks. Even in summer, there'd be, you know, five or six wearing mm. them, and they wouldn't necessarily be sick. They would just, 
students who were shy. I remember I had one uh, girl at one of the classes who wore it for like two years. And then she, I think she must have come out of her shell a bit. She started talking a lot more in class and she sort of took it off. And it was a real turning point. It was a real character arc. Like if that was a film, that would be the end of the movie when she'd (laughs) grown in confidence and decided, right, the mask is coming off. It's a bit Mm. like that. Um, Very interesting. I've never really, I've, I've kind of, as a teacher, I kind of see them as a way of getting out of class and being a little bit cheeky, being a little bit shy, like for shy students. It's a get out of free, get out of jail free card, you know, wear a mm. mask. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I certainly, after this, I will consider wearing them a lot more. And I did in my coronavirus video back in February or March, I did say I wasn't sold on masks. And a lot of people went berserk in the comments. But there's still conflicting evidence on whether masks yeah. work or not. But I think if I mean, you I think are sick, if, if you yeah, if you're sick, I them. think it's 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 good to wear them. I mean, it's it's got to help somehow as well. I mean, like definitely. If, you, yeah. if you're wearing if you're wearing spectacles and you've got a mask, you know, that's a, 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 about as best as a, about as good as casual protection gets you. I think so. Uh, you know, keep wearing definitely, those masks, yeah. guys. If you've got them, but just but then. Just keep on replacing them. That's the problem. Is you got you got to clean them. You got to um, replace them. It's it just seems to be um, to stop people touching you, touching their own faces, which I do all mm. of the time. I, I I'm surprised I've not got sick yet. It's it's very very <laughs> weird that I've not um, fallen down with it, not not gone down with it because I'm in the centre of town. Where do you? And I'm always touching my face. I was scratching my nose. Where do you touch your face? Just your nose? Nose, <laughs> eyes. I always rubbing my eyes constantly. <laughs> I'm always, poking I'm your always eyes. Bite, I'm always biting pens. Oh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Oh, God, bloody <laughs> hell! Going to avoid you next time you're around. Walking, talking <laughs> pile of coronavirus. I. Uh, that's not a phrase I thought I'd use today. I. Uh, yeah, I think if I had a cough or if I was ill, I will wear one. Like when I'm out and about, because it seems like a good idea. Uh, and we turn our attention. Actually, before I get to speedy Japanese, if any of you guys listening in. Uh, wear masks or hate masks let us know your thoughts it'd be quite interesting to hear how you feel about them do you think they're actually useful do you like to wear them do you dislike them how do you feel about them let us mm. know at brawnjapanpodcast at gmail.com now let's turn our attention to speedy japanese and it is a speedy japanese episode this week because we've only got two words that i can <laughs> think of the first one is the very item we've just been talking about mask what is mask in japanese pete do you know oh it sounds quite it feels quite japanesey so i haven't got bloody clue to be honest <laughs> i'll give you a clue it sounds a lot like mask oh masuku <laughs> <laughs> it'd be massacre then there you go it's a again that's a foreign borrowed word so it is uh mm. masuku masuku mm. masuku someone's gonna kill me nice. for my pronunciation there but if you turn up to japan and you say uh, no, mask it on the rice you must, then uh, you probably get the mask you deserve. Yeah, it's literally just mask it, mask it, What about fight? We talked about oh. the, it's not really a fight, the Japanese boss punching his 20-year-old employee in the face. Mm. To call that a fight is a stretch of the imagination. But nevertheless, what is, uh, what's the verb to fight? Do you know that, Pete? I don't know, Chris. You're going to have to educate me on this one. I thought we might know that one. Uh, kenka. Kenkasuru. 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 Kenkasimashita. They fought. What's the best way to memorise that? Kenkasuru. Ken from Street Fighter 2, having a scrap. Kenka. That is the best. That is the best one yet. I was watching... You hear it a lot, though. Do you? Okay, right. 
I was watching a uh, wrestler uh, and he said, uh, oh, Nani Dakara or Dakara Nani. So what? Is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah, yeah basically. So what? <laughs> so what? Uh, so I've, I've bit, that's, that's a bit of speedy Japanese I've learned this week because I heard a wrestler shout Perfect. It. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. <laughs> you can say, yeah. Dakaranani, so, and then you can be like, right, Kenkashimashou, Let's have a fight. <laughs> they know all the phrases, Pete. Some woman in the crowd went, I'm from Oregon. He goes, Dakaranani. Some useful vocabulary there. And now we turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Donaldson? Our first email slash fax comes from Sam in a beautiful, picturesque Inverness. Hi, Chris and Pete. I've been listening to your podcast right since the start, and I love it. I'm a freelance drummer based in Scotland. Until all the COVID shite, my uh, job meant that I got to travel a lot, and your <laughs> podcast was my favourite thing to listen to on the road. Now it's my favourite thing to listen to at home while I'm tidying up after my wife is in the kitchen. Uh, my wife is lovely, but she really has an annoying habit of scraping cooked egg off her frying pan and into the kitchen sink, which then I have to pick out of the plug hole with a knife. In an event to uh, vent my frustration uh, at her, I like to shout egg pan at the top of my voice. I don't know why, but it works and I feel better. Anyway, it's starting to annoy my wife, so I wanted to ask you what egg pan would be in uh, Japanese so that I can shout that instead uh, and she doesn't know what I'm shouting. Thanks in advance, Sam, in Inverness. <laughs> uh, enjoyable, enjoyable. That is one of my... F- I'm, again, I'm glad you read yeah. that out because I think I just laughed my head off. That was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> do you know what egg pan is in Japanese? Let's see if your Japanese Ooh. skills live up to their name, live up to the legend. Oh, what's that? Um, what's the... Uh, there's that, is that egg character that's very, very popular. Uh, Guritama. Um, oh. So Tama, so Tama oh. is uh, Tama something. Tama something is egg. I don't know that much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Tamago, Tamago is uh, egg. Tamago, Tamago, like Tamagotchi, right? Ah, Tamagotchi. Egg that's in the toy. shape of an egg, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, mm. Right. Okay. Egg toy. Uh, and what about pan? Frying pan. See if you get that. Ah, it's probably just f- fry pan. Fry pan. Hey! Tamago fry pan. This is amazing. You've solved the you've solved the case. It is literally tamago fry pan. <laughs> so there you go, Sam and Inverness. You can take your 
shouting at, you can shout at your wife Panic. with some Japanese now. Give Beautiful. a love it. Give a little give a little demonstration, Pete. What will Sam be shouting at his wife? Uh Tamago Fry Pan! Hey, there you go. Yeah, you gotta do it like that. <laughs> gotta do it in that exact tone. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Good luck. And uh sorry about the <laughs> Egg pan situation. I hope it improves. Yeah. Um, got one <laughs> from Viet. Viet from the Czech Republic. Uh, hey, Chris and Pete, after listening to last week's podcast, I just had to react. I'm happy to confirm that the pizza vending machine is still alive and kicking, or rather baking, yeah. in Hiroshima. It was just behind a corner from my hostel, about 10 minutes on foot from the atomic bomb dome, or three minutes from Okonomiyaki Mura. Uh, here is the location. <laughs> He's given a little link. Um, thanks for your hard work during this challenging time. I've been listening to the podcast the whole time. I was studying in Niigata Prefecture, uh, thus reaching the 4D experience. Awesome. There's no better way to enjoy the Abroad Japan podcast than actually being in Japan. Um, after visit- finishing my studies, I travelled for one month and made my way from Kanazawa to Kagoshima before everything went to crap. Sadly, before that, my flight back to Czech Republic was cancelled, and though being stuck in Japan sounds exciting, my thinning budget says otherwise. Luckily, Ooh. the hostel I'm staying in offered me accommodation for free, and after telling my story to a lady in a nearby supermarket, she even gave me a huge chicken cutlet for free. The very last wow. plane to f- <laughs> the very last plane to Prague flies out on Friday, so hopefully it won't get cancelled. Otherwise, I'm screwed. Stay safe. All the best. Be it from Czech Republic. Wow. That is it's quite the adventurous quite, story. Um, yeah. Quite what's your take on it? Um, well, I mean, my, my first take is obviously uh, Okonomiyaki Mura. Mura. What the hell is that? It's just it a is, big place that sells that? It's a little... Well, it's, it's a building that has like 25 Okonomiyaki restaurants in it. I actually put right. it in my Hiroshima video because whenever I'm in Hiroshima, I always go there because uh, Hiroshima-style pancakes are amazing, way better than Osaka pancakes. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I always recommend it. It's great. If you like Okonomiyaki, best place ever. What I'll say is um, maybe you and Viet were in Niigata at the same time because you were in Niigata just two or three months ago, weren't you? Actually, yeah, yeah you might have been, yeah. The same time. yeah. <laughs> but decided not. <laughs> did you get a free chicken cutlet like Viet did? No. I mean, is it uncooked? Cooked? I, I can't figure it out. I mean, like, it's, it's. I mean, how huge could a chicken cutlet be? How big is this chicken? That's what I want to know. That is the question of the week. Um, yeah, don't know. But what I do know is that is nice. I I do worry for uh, foreigners like trapped in Japan right now. Um, so you're mm. really lucky, Viet, that you found a hostel that was kind enough to let you stay for free because uh, obviously. Businesses across the country are being hit right now um, because of the situation. But I hope you are able to get back on that flight to Czech Republic. Let us know next week. Give us another, like, drop us another line at the fax machine. Let us know if you did get back yeah. to Czech Republic um, safe and sound. Chicken cutlet in hand. Best of luck to you. Uh, we've got one from Sophie. I'll let you read that one out, Pete, while I sip my coffee. Oh, oh. hello, Sophie. It's 8 o'clock at night for crying out loud. Good evening, Chris and Pete. Crete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name uh, my name is uh, Sophie. I'm from none other than the UK, the slightly strange side, Yorkshire, beautiful part <gasps> of the UK. I recently returned to the UK after a memorable uh, stint of teaching in South Korea. I chose to teach here because it tends to pay more than Japan, and you normally get an apartment thrown in too. 
uh, unlike Japan. One thing I did notice about Korea is that if you're a foreign country, good luck finding a non-English teaching job. This doesn't seem the same in Japan. I see non-Japanese working left, right, and center. What would you say the most common vacancies in Japan for foreigners, and how about those with degrees, etc.? Kind regards, Sophie, uh, from Yorkshire. Uh, come some nida, uh, Yorkshire, um, Sophie. <laughs> what was going on there? What is that? Is that some... I said thank you in, in Korean. Right. Yeah, do you know Korean? Huh? I think that's how you say it. don't know. You have to I'd you like have to know some Korean. Like I often hear it in uh, K-pop music. I don't know what's going on. I was playing a video game, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. There was a special version of uh, that game that was only released in Korea, and it had like this terrible... Well, it had this K-pop band uh, that they replaced mm. some of the characters with. Um, so you could skate around the classic levels of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 uh, with just these K-pop idols, uh, you know, dressed as school kids um, and yeah. with the most emotional K-pop music <laughs> going around him. It was so awful. Good old K-pop. When I was uh, when I was a teacher, again, my students, fun fact, I'd say my students actually preferred like Korean pop music, K-pop, to J-pop, uh, despite yeah. the language and cultural differences i mean it's a little bit more edgy than j-pop j-pop's a little bit more unique and cute and bizarre and mm. I, I mean i don't really i can't wrap my head around it to be honest but uh yeah k-pop seems to be pretty popular in japan going off on a tangent mm. though um jobs for people <laughs> jobs for people that isn't teaching non non-english teaching job um oh, it's a tough one a lot of my friends after finishing teaching, they move to Tokyo and become recruitment consultants. Yeah, recruitment. Ah. Either you like it or you don't. It's good money to be made, but <laughs> I think that's about it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, it's a tough one. Some of my friends moved into media and doing social media stuff and working for the tourism sector uh, because obviously Japan's trying to attract as many foreigners as possible to come over and uh, you know get stuck in. Um, and so... That's one option, working in the tourism sector or working in recruitment. Um, honestly, it's a tough one, though. I, I was lucky I escaped that by doing YouTube. But um, we'll do a, we'll do an episode on that later on down the line, talk a bit more about it, because I need to do some more research. I need to – it would be good to do, like, a consensus on Twitter or something and actually hear mm. stories from people around the country and what they're doing. And if you're listening to this, guys – uh, living in Japan, working in Japan, and you're not working in the teaching sector, let us know what you're doing because I'm keen to find out just as much as anyone what options are available to people coming to live and work in Japan. But good question, Sophie. Hopefully we can address it in a bit more depth later on down the line. We've got one now from Kim from Australia. She says, hello, Chris and Pete. In a time far from now when the apocalypse is over, I'll be coming to Japan to visit my daughter who lives in Tokyo. Hi, Claire. As much as I love travelling by the Japanese rail system, I'm keen to get off the main routes and hire a car to see a few back roads. The international driver's licence and the hiring of a car doesn't faze me but I do have concerns that I would not be able to read the road signs and directives. Is it a problem for your regular run-of-the-mill English speaker? How are tolls calculated for hire cars? And are there dodgy car hire companies of the like that occur in Western countries? My only complaint about the Abroad in Japan podcast is that I'm wishing my life away in anticipation of the release of the next episode every Thursday. I'm forever hanging on uh, to hear Pete say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much love to you both, Kim from Australia. <laughs> what does that mean, Pete? Is that something you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's my catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's like yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I, yeah. when I was getting, I was getting no confused with house. Remember, I think, I think uh, that's yeah. what it's about. 
I thought your catchphrase was hugely or massively, or just that. Yeah. That's just, just my, yeah, that's my, well, the way that we sort of record, you're miles away from me, so I kind of have to keep the conversation flowing without actually getting involved properly. <laughs> so I'm just sort of going, uh-huh, yep, yep, hugely. super great, uh-huh, hugely. Massively. Secrets of the trade there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, driving in Japan, Pete hasn't done it, unfortunately. Uh, so my two cents on that is it's actually pretty easy to rent a car in Japan. I used to do it all the time. Now that I've got my car coming sometime soon, to an apartment near me, I will be able to not do that anymore. But I, in the years, the last three years, I've rented cars dozens of times. It's very effortless. Only thing is, a lot of the websites are only in Japanese. But uh, the car company I probably recommend is Nippon Rent a Car for the for English speakers. They do have a service where you can type in like what car you want, when you want it, where you want it, and they'll sort it out and handle it all for you. So that's a good option. And toll, how are to- tolls calculated for hire cars? Um, basically, highways in Japan, uh, you, you kind Cash of just it. pay on the distance, yeah. don't you? Uh, I mean, for one day, you're looking at between 6,000 to seven, 8,000 yen to rent a car, I'd say. Uh, and then toll roads, you know. They're, yeah, there are a lot of highways that cost money in Japan, and that's a bit annoying, but you can avoid them. But I'd say there's not many dodgy car hire companies though i've never heard of a dodgy car hire company in japan so there's that to go on that's kind of uh efficient and reliable but yeah my two cents it's it's great to rent a car in japan it's very painless it's quite effortless uh nippon rent a car that's my best like that's the best one i would go for recommend it good luck with that though and great idea you know bits of mm. japan uh that you can only see by car there's so many places that you can't get to if you don't have a car um so I think it's a great idea. I think it'll make a world of difference to your trip. Have a great time in Japan and enjoy seeing your daughter, Claire. Best of luck to you, Kim. Have a good one. Uh, We've got one from Mike. I'll let you handle that, Pete, as I take a final swig of my coffee. Oh, Oh. the coffee's gone. Hello to Mike. You, hello, Chris and Pete. Greetings from New Hampshire, USA. I've been listening to the podcast and YouTube channel for a while now, and despite Pete's predictions of lower ratings, I've been eagerly awaiting each podcast and listening to old ones in between. You and Pete always manage to make me laugh. Bless you, Mike. Uh, And after recently uh, losing a grandparent to coronavirus, I'm thankful to have something to look forward to. My papu was pretty much indestructible. Uh, To over 90 years old, he was uh, still out riding his motorcycle uh, around just this past summer. Out of Japan's large elderly uh, population, can you think of one specific person uh, who was intriguing or left a lasting impression uh, on you? Terrible uh, news, Mike, but uh, thank you very much for listening to the the podcast and uh, sorry for your loss. Yeah, sorry to hear that, Mike. Sorry to hear that, mate. Um, I that's a good question, a really good question. Um, there was one guy who was uh, amazing, and and that is um, you might have seen a few years ago. I did a video called "Teaching Japanese People Swear Words," and there was a guy in it, uh, Ito-san, Ito-sensei, and he opened the video by reading the line "For fuck's sake," as for fuck's mm. sake, he read it as "For fuck's sake," uh, which <laughs> is awesome. Awesome, honest mistake on his part, which later became a T-shirt. But he was my teacher. He taught me Japanese every Wednesday um, in my second and third year living in Japan. We became quite good friends. We used to hang out. used to go out for a drink once a month. Um, uh, He's a really nice guy. He must have been in his mid-70s. And then I moved to Sendai, and I didn't see him for two or three years. And I kept planning to go and see him. I kept planning to go back and see him. And then one day I heard that, he passed away, um, and I only heard about his funeral the day before it happened, and I wasn't able 
to get to it. And I've it's one of those situations where I've lived with a, a sense of regret for not going back and seeing him in those two or three years. You know, I feel very very stupid of me not to have gone back and seen him. Um, but he left a lasting impression. We used to have some great chats, and he was a really great guy. I used to just we used to I'd go there. We'd supposed to learn some Japanese out of the textbook, but instead we'd just end up talking English uh, about his stories and his past and his history. And, you know, I enjoyed that more than learning Japanese, to be honest. So great guy, <laughs> Ito Sensei. Um, if you want to see who he is, check out the for fucks, the uh, teaching swear words video. His legacy lives on, right. but great guy and sorely missed. Well, how about yeah. you, Pete? Anyone in your um, I, I mean, I, I guess I have very, uh, very few... Uh, um very few connections to any uh, elderly people in Japan because I'm just kind of <laughs> skirting around and flying around, so, so probably not. But I think, it, you know, if, if, if this uh, crisis, if this pandemic, this epidemic has uh, taught us anything, is to, uh, you know, cling on to the things that really matter, I guess. Absolutely. And it's certainly I've certainly been talking to my family quite a lot, you know, even though I'm a world away. People often say, you know, do you feel homesick? Do you feel bad not being near your family? Um, or I can't go and visit them anyway at the moment, but... It's, yeah, exactly. You know, I've never felt that they're that far away. It's just because of the internet. You know, you can pull out your phone in the middle of nowhere, and I can just talk to my gran or my mum or my dad effortlessly uh, in a way that you couldn't ten, twenty years ago. So, yeah, it really doesn't feel like they're that far away. So, I'd say to people coming to Japan who are worried about feeling homesick, you can get around that thanks to the miracle of mm. the internet. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for that, Mike. Um, best of luck to you, mate. Um, Hi, gents. We've got another mic here. So lots of mics today. Hi, gents. Um, I recently moved to Yokohama and studied extensively uh, using the podcast and the channel. And I discovered that you haven't visited Yokohama or Kawasaki City. Any plans to? Mm. I would figure the second largest city in Japan would welcome your presence or at least Ryotaro's. Best to Pete. Love the work, <laughs> Mike. Best to Pete. Not to me. I'm, I'm heartbroken. Um, yeah. Lucky you. Yokohama or Kawasaki? You've been to them? You've seen them? You've been there? You've done it? Uh, have I? Have I been? Yes, I think I have been to both, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, Kanagawa. Yeah, I think I have been, yeah, I've been to... Yes, I've been to Yokohama. Uh, Kanazawa. Yes, and I have been to Kanazawa. I've been to both those places, thank you very much. So I no, win this no, one. No, no, no. You lose, Pete. <laughs> Kanazawa is not Kawasaki. Ha, ha, ha. What? With, you Kawasaki is not in Kanazawa. Oh, sorry, not... sorry, Kawasaki. Yeah, no, no, I've not been to Kawasaki. <laughs> ah, there you go. I, I've Never been mind. to Yokohama. Uh, Yokohama's cool. I've been to Chinatown. Yeah. They've got the gigantic skyscraper, the landmark tower, that's it. Uh, it looks like a gigantic chess piece. It looks like a castle. I have a chess board. Right. It's one of my favourite building in Japan. Um, yeah, I like, I love Yokohama, but you're right. I haven't really sunk my teeth into it, other than the food of Chinatown. Um yeah, I'd love to do something in Chinatown. But as for the rest, Yokohama, I yeah, I haven't really explored it enough. Um, my friends always try to encourage me to go to a British pub that's there that does really good cider, apparently. Right. I've been meaning to go and try it for myself, given that I do <laughs> love cider. Um, mm. But yeah, something to look into later on down the line. I would love to go to Yokohama and do a video on it. It's one of the the last places that remains untouched by the Abroad in Japan channel. So let's do it. And maybe next time you're over, Pete, we can go and check it out. Have a cider, even though I don't really like it. <laughs> You've you what? You don't you like cider? Are. Why not? <laughs> sort it out. It's just, it's nothing to it. Nothing to it. It's, just for, it's booze for kids. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to have to leave. You have to leave this podcast before. <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous. Before shit hits the fan. <laughs> For now, though, guys, keep the stories, <laughs> questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. No matter where you might be out there in the big wide world right now. Please take care. Stay safe this week. And thanks, as always, for listening. Um, people aren't listening to podcasts as much at the moment because they're not commuting. So uh, do keep listening in. <laughs> Otherwise, well, we'll be here no matter what happens. But uh, do stay <laughs> tuned in. But for now, have a great week, guys. Stay indoors, stay safe. And we're back next Thursday to do it all over again. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheese and biscuits time. Crack out the crackers. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.